God, yes. Baby, I get so scared inside, I do not understand. Is it blood that's inside, or am I made of meat? Heaven is in the hole of your ass, and are you waiting here to chew? What am I supposed to do when your ass is made of meat? If we eat your thighs together We can make me strong, Renee If we eat your thighs together Can I be this weekend day? Sometimes it's hard to hold on, hard to hold on to my cream When I think about your meat, I gas into my jeans Need a dagger to stick me hard, my fucking taint And when you're done, please make sure to give my tits a taste If we eat your thighs together We make me strong, Renee If we eat your thighs together Can I be this weekend gay? Will you give a take me out? Come suck my big and ding. Will you ever bust it? No, I think I'm actually gay. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Death Metal This week we are going to speak about Issei Sagawa. He is a murderer that escaped the long arm of the law by taking a fucking bite out of it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. We're talking cannibals again, buddy. Oh, man. I can't wait. Cannibals are the most fascinating type of killer to me. Yeah. I never get tired of it. It's just a ache in your bones that makes you want to chew a person's flesh. That gets me all hot. <laughs> hey, real shit. If there was a person... Available for consumption, I'm with it. I know that's delicious. It's gotta be. Americans gotta be the most delicious. Yeah, if you're sitting around and you're eating Cheetos, I love a Cheeto. Imagine 
If you fed a pig only Cheetos, dude, god damn. Who why are, who doesn't do that? Why would why are people not feeding pigs Cheetos 24/7? We got to That's that, a I'm going to get a pig. That's a market. Right, if dude. you guys if anyone has a pig that they want to move on the low, hit me up because I'll eat it and I'll feed that bitch Cheetos for his entire life cycle. That's good living. Maybe First of all, you try to tell me a pig doesn't want to eat Cheetos until it's in the gestation period. It's a pig that you're going to murder anyway and eat its tasty flesh. So you might as well let it enjoy being alive. I'll feed it hot Cheetos. Double hot lime Cheetos. That is such a good Cheeto, man. That's a good pig. That's a hey, good, that's you gonna good smoke that pig, mo- dude. Man, smoke that Yeah, smoke it, dude, and put, just keep putting Cheetos on the wood chips. God, dude. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, throw a Cheeto. That's, I don't know why I have never done that before. Just get Cheeto dust and put it on the smoke. <laughs> man, pig. Dude. That's a dry rub. Is man, Cheeto I dust. love Cheetos and meat. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a problem. This is where you get when you haven't eaten carbs in a long time. You get all horned up for Cheetos, dude. But the thing it is about Cheetos is they get stuck in your teeth heavily. Yeah. You know? They make you fat as shit. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get a street pump. <laughs> well, hell, man. Uh, here we are. We're doing a cannibal episode yep. about Issei Sagawa. And we want to thank you for listening to this podcast. It means the world to us. We love making the podcast. We love interacting with all of you. You can join our Facebook group if you want to get real close to me and Buddy and the rest of the listener base. That's on Facebook. You just look up Death Metal Dicks. It's a group. you got to click the add button. And uh, people get confused, so to help further, once you type it in the search bar, you can narrow your search down by pages, posts, people, groups. groups. Click on that groups, Death Metal Dicks. Bam, hit the ad. Me, buddy, or one of our two cool admins will add you. It'll be yeah. awesome. We interact in there with almost every post. It's a good time. It's like your own personal Facebook because, let's face it, social media is a hellscape. Yeah. And if you narrow it down to a group, it's way more fun. If you like the podcast, you like what we're doing, a super simple way to help us out a ton is just to give us a five-star review on iTunes. It takes seconds, and it really helps us out. And if you want to type something in, any interaction with the podcast is how Apple does its goofy-ass algorithms, moves you up the charts, is just interactions. So really the only interactions you can do is subscribe rate and review. So if you can do those things, that's fucking awesome. If you can tell your friends about us, even better. We got some super fans, some producers, some people who help us get the show rolling. They've helped us make shirts and we've given them shirts. They've helped us make stickers and we've given them stickers and a little bit of funditure, even as low as a dollar helps us out tremendously. And if you want to get in with that crowd, patreon.com backslash death metal dicks. Hit that Patreon up. We've got different tiers of rewards. We just recorded a bonus podcast. We're going to do one of those about every other week. Buddy reads lyrics in that. So if you liked it when Buddy read lyrics, get on Patreon. If you want to suggest a crime for us to cover on the podcast, hop on over to Patreon. You can tell us a crime. We will do it in the podcast. If you have a favorite death metal song that you would like to hear us play in the podcast, Slide on over to Patreon.com. Tell us the song after you sign up, and we'll hook you up with that. There's a lot of rewards, shirts, things of that nature. So get involved. Helps us. We make it fun for you. And if you prefer to donate, like I said, it helps a lot. There's no way to describe with speaking to you 
how good it feels for us to be able to make a product and have people appreciate it so much that they're willing to help fund it. If you don't like the pay-as-you-go system and you like to do a one-time donation, that is incredible too. You can do that at PayPal and use our email address, deathmetaldicks at gmail.com. And always reach out to us, any form of social media. We're all over it. Death Metal Dicks on everything. Deathmetaldicks at gmail.com if you want to personally speak to me. Instagram is mostly run by Buddy, so hit us up anywhere. We'd love to talk. If you have any questions about the show, if you want to talk about metal bands, if you want to show us cool bands, if you want to talk about murder, we will talk to you most of the time. conspiracy theories. Yeah, we're with it. So if you're into the podcast, thank you. Let's keep this motion going. We're just trying to make a giant community of sick horror freaks. Whoa. Hell yeah. So... Let's kick this motherfucker off with a super weird guy, Issei Sagawa. He was born April 26, 1949. Super wealthy parents, they lived in Kobe, Japan. His parents, of course, caked up. Rich parents, living the life in Kobe. Which I don't understand why you would want to eat human meat when Kobe is home to that Kobe beef. Where they feed the cows the sake. Feed the cow the sake. Mashazo the cow. And make that marbled, thick, juicy, succulent, fat steak. You can just do that to people. They'll do it willingly. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Kobe should be the hub. But like I was saying, man, before we got into the pig lane, I would eat a person. You know what I mean? Why wouldn't you? I think we all would. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do a person harm. There should be, you, you should be able to, like, let's say. You're I got an organ donor. Yeah. But you Right. Just, yeah. So I got a family, you know. Um, you let your kids eat a person? Yeah, dude. Why not? Without them knowing about it? No, 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 no. You let it be their choice? You know, the, oh, yeah, cool, of course. Right? You can't force it. To, you know, that's the thing. Like, when your kid, I, I think when your kids get to an age where they can make a decision, you got to let them make decisions. Yeah. You can't force them to do it. You, can, I mean, I'll force them to, like, eat asparagus. But not force, just be like, well, if you want to have any treats, got to see that asparagus disappear. You feel me? Because that's going to make it strong. I don't want to, you don't want to be weak. Like this guy, Issei Sagawa, who was super weak. Uh, he was born prematurely. He was so small when he came out that he fit into his mom's hand. He caught a disease called enteritis on top of that, which is pretty common in uh, long hospital stay babies. So it's like a super gnarly form of diarrhea. And you get that and you can't hold anything in. So you're already small, having a hard time growing and developing. That really takes you out of the game because you can't get any nutrients in when you're just a little spray shit factory. Uh, It took him actually a few years to get everything together. He had to get regular injections of potassium and calcium, and he was tiny his entire life. Still is, small as shit. Even for, like, I mean, Japanese people are small. I'm not trying to be a shithead. If you compare me and Buddy are giant, six foot four, 270-pound ogres, you know? Japanese people, generally speaking, are not six feet tall. No. And in the 150 pounds, like a super in shape. I mean, I watch a lot of combat sports and uh, all the Japanese fighters are not heavyweights. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's a small people, but he's small for even Japanese standards. And when you're that type of kid, you're going to be, you know, he's, he had a slow start. So he's sickly bones didn't develop quite right. Weak. 
that type of, oh, I don't feel so good type it of kid. He looks like a Japanese salad fingers. Yeah, yeah, he's creepy, small and feeble. That's a, I, you know who salad fingers is because you're married to someone that works at Spencer's Gifts. Yeah. Yeah, that's a real Spencer's type of thing. Well, I mean, I knew about it before that, but. Did you? Mean, yeah, it, and that's creepy too. Maybe yours, that's a Spencer's gift. That's like a, that's, you know how there's pop culture shit that yeah. leads you to just buying things? Mm-hmm. It's like, I like this. Where can I find out more? And when you look it up, it's just like an entire plot to get you to buy a certain thing. Salad fingers and shit like that is like a direct path to Spencer's gifts. I sell dildos. Yeah, I know, dude. I get so I sell dill hammer hammers. Hammers, dude. Like straight yeah, it's like uh not novelties, just fucking crams. Uh like dude, me and Sam talent were out one time and we go to the mall to kill time and uh we're like looking around. I haven't been in a Spencer's in years, dude, so we're like looking around and at the front, you know, you got like kaleidoscopes and black lights and band t shirts yeah. and just silly shit. Like uh, shot glasses with over the hill, 40 years old, drink too much, now you're dead. And then right on the other side of that, in the open, is just giant cram boys. I mean, you got like the ones with the rabbit on it that like moves the dick and the thing vibrates on the clit. And dude, so, (laughs) you know, it's funny because there's kids in there looking around and just like, like, there's like pocket pussies. You know, it's just a sex store attached to, like, Godsmack shirts. <laughs> so, there's, like, kids making circles, dude. So, we're walking out, and we see these two kids walking in, and it's it looks like Donkey Lips and Budnick. Yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah. a little skinny kid, and he's got, like, a backwards hat, and then there's a fat kid with him, and the fat kid's got, like, a flat-billed hat and plaid, like, way too big plaid shorts. And he, they hit the door, and he goes, hell yeah, man, this is my store. Yeah, <laughs> I was laughing so hard that shit. I'm like, yeah, dude, that is your store. Like, that's your culture. You're not gonna have sex. Yeah, for if you a, could just get paid for this advertisement, <laughs> yeah, that's a good. Hey, man, that's a good rap for Spencer's. If you're young and dumpy, your sex career is slumpy. Go to Spencer's where you can see some tits. Bing. <laughs> <laughs> you can see a tit in Spencer's, man. That's what's cool you about it. Hey, my and wife you're told just, me like unsupervised at the mall, dude. My wife told me some wild shit. You know they do piercings, or they don't do piercings, but they have like fucking rings and shit. All right, she says some like <laughs> weird lady. I'm pretty much like my mom or some shit. Yeah, comes in and goes, I don't know if th- what size this is, and pops a tit out on the counter. <laughs> on the counter. And so she's like, Well, I guess I gotta. You know, she like did it like with ease, man. My wife is a trooper, man. She wouldn't help this lady get a tit ring, man, and just send her on her way. Yeah, man. Well, you know, for a lady to see a, a weird tit, it's one thing. <laughs> like, dude, could you imagine if she would have plopped that slop in front of us, dude? Just a big, weird hanger. I always got to say some shit about those fucking slurps. Well, yeah, you don't say nothing. You suck it and get the milk out of that shit. <laughs> no, I, I do not. Get, hey, man. Dude, gonna, when you, have you seen, like, a purple nipple before? Yeah. I'm not... <laughs> I've been trying to <laughs> I'm not mouthing that dude Hey man I've been trying to breastfeed my wife She won't do it You've been trying to breastfeed her? I pinned her down She tried to bite me man I was like hey just She should That's called self defense Why are you trying to fucking I was like don't Tit rape your wife I'm not tit raping her I'm trying to get her strong man <laughs> <laughs> What? Yeah Yeah no, that's your explanation You think yeah. I'm fucking joking You're trying to give her a street pump <laughs> Yeah man I mean these boys I mean look <laughs> <laughs> I take my shirt off, lay on the side, man. I'm like a piglet. You just go. 
what I do is I slap my, I lay on my side <laughs> and I step, I slap my stomach and go. <laughs> she, she literally ain't oh biting. Oh my god, dude! So, <laughs> fuck, man! I don't even want to talk about it anymore, dude. That's a lot. <laughs> fuck! All right, all right. Let's get uh, back to the old cannibal guy. Uh, so he's tiny. He's trying to get his shit together as a baby. Gets uh, regular potassium and calcium injections, which basically means your bones aren't developing, uh, your veins aren't developing. You gotta get, um, you know, basically Gatorade course through your veins. Gatorade and milk pumping through you. He was a small kid. He was short. Everyone called him pencil legs because he was all skinny and shit. Yeah. Uh, he caught up. Oh, God, what's wrong with me? Basically, so you know, you gotta think that. Uh, I'm going to give you a chance to talk about Japanese culture because you're, you're an aficionado. Yeah. You know what I mean? Can we talk about the incident? What incident? The Japanese incident? Man? Oh, I got too drunk and tried to rip myself <laughs> yeah, apart? Yeah, 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 yeah. man, sure. All right, so, uh, all right, well, we'll bring that up in a second. So, all right, so, you know, Japan's just a, it's a wild place because what they've gone off of for years. See, like, when I think about, you, you hear a lot from foreigners like America doesn't have any culture and in a way it's correct because we became the white side of the country you know took over the country from the natives in the 1700s and took everything over so we brought essentially english culture and made it our own entity not that long ago i mean it's 2018 1776 it's what 500 years right yeah like less than 500 years so that is not a long time if you're thinking about developing a culture. Japan is an ancient society that's had one of the most strict ways of dealing with society and one of the most strict beliefs about how you should mature into a person, how you should live your life, the reason why you live your life for thousands of years. And that's what I would think of as a culture. So a problem over there is is if you're weak you understand yeah. because everyone and everything there is supposed to be strong and even if you're not strong you're supposed to be able to mask that until you're like you're not supposed to be embarrassed in public you're not supposed to show if you're ashamed of something you're not supposed to show any weakness in public you got to keep it to yourself so if you are clearly smaller and weaker than all the other kids you're going to have a hard time you know and that's got to manifest somewhere. And also, like, the, you know, if my kids go to school and they have a bad day, or when I used to go to school and I would have a bad day, uh, I, my grandparents didn't really give a shit because they were old. But, like, I'll listen to my kids, you know, and they'll say, oh, someone called me a stupid head. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, man, I hate to hear that, but it's not that big of a deal. Everything will be cool tomorrow. Just ignore it. But you, you, don't, you can't talk like that in Japan. You, you don't even you can't even tell your parents that you're soft right yeah um so you just have to internalize everything and even though you're expected to be like that and it's kind of ingrained within people for thousands of years it still takes an emotional toll on you yeah and someone like this that's on the very extreme spectrum of being clearly physically weak is going to have a mental barrier where, like everyone else that has mental problems, they develop from something. And this is what I think really kicked it off from him because he got really obsessed with looks 
male and female. He would obsess over how his classmates looked, how his classmates were developing, who was the tallest, who was the strongest, who was the fastest, who wore a certain type of clothing, how much of their body could you see in their clothing. When he caught a glimpse of certain body parts, he would look at his body part. Like if he saw someone's legs, again, they called him pencil legs, just regular legs to him looked massive. So, you know, he would wonder why he was like this and they were like that, and that would become an obsessive point for him. And, of course, there's no outlet to put it in, and he got this really creepy reputation because he would notice their normal anatomies and try to compare it to his anatomy and then obsess over a particular person. An example, in first grade, he saw one of his male's classmates wearing shorts, like lean back or something, and his shorts pulled up so he could see his whole thigh. And he said it was four times the size of his thigh. And he became obsessed with just this one classmate's thigh. And he wanted to eat it. He yep. said it looked delicious. And so as a first grader, which is six years old, he spent time alone with the thought that he wanted to eat another six-year-old's thigh because of how it looked compared to his thigh. Yeah. So obviously not normal. Obviously having weird fantasies at a very young age. And then on the way up, you know, when did you start jacking off? Man. I mean, fuck, four? No. I mean, not like... Four? Not like to get... You know, you, well, you're playing with it. Yeah, you're playing with it. I mean, like, you know, but when, 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 when did you intentionally focus on getting a nut? Oh, man. I had to be like 10 or 11. That sounds about right, 10 or 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd say that's... You're just busting clear. That's about me. Yeah, a little clear. You're going clear. That's a good term for a fucking kid, Jack. I'm going clear. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's just Scientology, Mom. Fuck off. Uh, What are you doing in there, buddy? It's Scientology. Going clear. (laughs) (laughs) Leave me be. Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, so he started jacking off. But he was jerking real weird, man, because he was basically thinking about this kid's thigh, oh, okay. a young age. I thought you were doing technique. But he was wise. thinking about, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Probably take. <laughs> you know, when you first start jacking. Yeah, you for do sure. Little, like, I did the bird feeder. Yeah, man. I would, uh, you know, instead of like you, like you do, like the handshake. Like basically now, and you gotta. Rem- I try to remember that we have a mostly female audience. It's like sixty percent female, forty percent male. So. I know that it was different. Like I, if I could not tell you, I mean, I've been married for ten years, got a daughter, didn't really grow. I mean, I grew up with my grandma, but we weren't close or anything. So I got no idea how working a clam works for a lady yeah. when you're young. I assume that you probably fucking just ah go at it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And fucking you, you slap around, stuff, yeah. cram your hands in. Anyway, so. Both hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a two-handed situation, man. You got to yeah. fucking rub the top and in the bottom. Anyway, fucking for a dude, like the general approach is you go in like you would a handshake and you grab that boy, squeeze it tight and up and down. Right? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you're just manipulating the shaft and pulling the skin over the head usually. Yeah. And it, feel, it feels good, man. <laughs> and you're just like stimulating the head. The mask assailant. That's it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Jack it off's hilarious, dude. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. You're basically you're basically like using the bottom skin of your dick to like make the head of your dick feel good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. a lot of fun. And so you don't know that going in, you know? You just know that like it's hard and there's like an ache inside because there's some gunk that wants to come out and so you just start piddling. 
Like the first time I nutted, I fucking was watching Sex and the City and just smacked my dick with a remote because it was just like hard. And I was like, leave me alone. Like smacked it three times with the remote. It felt cool, man. So I just kept doing it until I fucking went clear, you know, and the little Dianetics. But then you start doing the bird feeder where like instead of the handshake squeeze approach, you like over the top. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh. You close basically it, close all your fingers together and you thumb. Yeah, you because it. it's a podcast, I'm trying to like describe it to people that are listening. You basically like like you're kneading dough. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like you're grabbing the shaft with your fingertips and the head's touching your palm, and then you're like stroking up, man. Like uh, you ever seen the Adams family? Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And where he was just like you to you, like that's basically how you were jacking. But then you found the more superior method. Wow, I think about it. That's really where I probably figured out how to jack like that. It's from Thing. Yeah. All right, man. Thing <laughs> taught me how to play with my thing. Look, it, I would let Thing jack me off, dude. You don't know if it's a guy or a girl. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's but if it's hand. a guy, you know it's, it's going to be genderless. better. Yeah, probably so. It's going to go hard. Girls can't give hand jobs. No, I've had some cool ones. <laughs> cool? What do you mean? Like cold? <laughs> no, I mean, like, I've had fun being jacked off before. Uh, I mean, yeah, you have fun, but you're not like, uh, <laughs> oh, I like it, dude. You're not going to come. I like it, dude. Did you come? I would, yeah, of course. Okay. Uh, I shoot fast, man. Good aim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but he's doing weird shit. Everyone does, but he's doing weird shit and thinking about, like, body parts. Yeah. You know, like, even as a kid, like, I had no idea how it fucking worked, you know? I I thought that the puss was, like, in the front. So, like, if I, if you would have asked me the anatomy of a, fe- of a female before... I actually saw it. I would I would think like all right. So like you start at the face, shoulders, knockers, stomach, and you had like a belly button, dude. And then like right underneath the belly button, facing forward was the puss. Yeah, it's like that, but lower. <laughs> well, well, it's like on the end. It's like in between the legs, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. But like it, the only exposure that I had was like watching TV, and when they are clapping cheeks. It's like the it's always missionary and they're like on top of each other. Yeah. And you're just humping up and down. There's no like swerve to the fuck, you know? Yeah. It's just like an up and down. So it doesn't make sense to me yeah. as a child. So I just think pussies are like right underneath the stomach. And yeah. also your dick is right there too. You know, your dick's not like pointing down between your legs. It makes sense, I think. I don't fucking know. No, that. I mean I get it. It made sense when I was a kid. Right, right, right. Well, that's not, that's all. Like, that's what. That's I how thought, aliens are built. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought we were composed of, dude. So you have weird ideas, but you're thinking about that. Yeah. When you're jacking, or even if you're gay, you know, it's like you're thinking about intercourse. He's thinking about body parts. Well, we all are, but he's thinking about eating them. I'm thinking about put. He's not thinking about eating him when he's jacking off yet. It evolves to that. Oh. And it gets there in a weird fucking way, man. And, but, but he, like, you're thinking about intercourse. He's just thinking about, like, a thigh. Like, yeah. that's a good-looking thigh. That thigh looks tasty. Like, fucking jack off to this kid's thigh. Uh, he started being obsessed with American stars. Movie stars. And it, he blames how Americans sexualize women in Hollywood for his hunger because he said that we basically treat Hollywood stars like meat. So we make them look a certain way and prop them up to be a commodity, you know, like look at this thing that maybe you could have, or you could have something like this, which I, I I totally agree with that. I mean, women have often been used as a 
agent of selling things because you know that it feels good to be in there. Yeah. And then they can use that space of pleasure as a way to move product. And I would agree with that. But he was into like Grace Kelly and I have no idea who that is. Some old fuck. And this is the seventies, you know, he's yeah, into seventies yeah. beaver. Uh, so, but he's, uh, he's also, you know, I, I, again, like as my general go-to, I think a lot of what's going on with him is that he's gay and especially in Japan, you cannot in the seventies, you can't be a gay dude in Japan. In the 70s. Yeah, it's sure. not happening. Um, you know, you'll, you'll be killed or you'll have to kill yourself type of thing. Um, and so as the sexuality is evolving, I think he's into dudes. He's looking at women. I think he's confused by the way that he feels about men's bodies as opposed to women's bodies. And that becomes an obsession point is really trying to break down anatomy and why he likes certain things. And that's where he starts to see women as actual meat. You understand? Yeah. So instead of like, he probably sees men as like a pleasurable object and women as like an edible object. Yeah. And so as he's progressing sexually, he starts to let the dog come first lick has come up and then full blown fucks the dog. Wow. And we joke around about fucking dogs a lot, but my man, this guy fucked a dog. He pounded the pooch. (laughs) <laughs> he did it. Screwed man. the pooch. <laughs> <laughs> he sure did, man. And uh, I'm sure I've said it on this podcast before, but I feel like as we move forward as a society, right? So sex is going to get weird because sex is procreation. Yeah. I mean, if you believe in a higher power or not, if I come inside of a woman, likely – that's going to fertilize her eggs or not mm-hmm. likely, but there's a chance Yeah, and she's going to get pregnant and have a kid. I mean, that's what sex does. That's why it feels cool as hell because you are like a plant. Your body wants you to do that, to keep life to fucking parasite off the earth. You know, now as we move along and start incorporating technology mechanics into human life, I think regular sex is going to fall by the wayside. Like, so as evolution occurs, maybe a thousand years from now, your fucking dick won't need to ever get hard again. That that type of primitive physical pleasure won't need to be harvested anymore because if there is babies, they'll come from a smarter way. I mean, there's I've seen a thing where they have a, a, a artificial womb yeah. where they can just make a baby without being inside of a woman. So... Having a baby is incredibly strenuous on a body. It's terrible. If you had a more efficient process to have a child that you could artificially make and not from coming inside of somebody, you would do that. Like, then we're going to have cyborgs and cyporks. <laughs> was a cyborg just like a... It's just a fucking human ham. <laughs> pussy that you just well, come in and make a baby. This guy would love it. So yeah. anyway, you know, if you can make life happen... Without traditional genetics, you could make a better human. Thousands of years down the line, there probably won't be human intercourse anymore. Now, what if you're a fucking guy that didn't evolve the right way, you're still horny as shit, and you want to get in something? Dogs, man. You start fucking dogs. And I think that the elite are so far ahead... That they're trying to normalize 
having sex with animals via Snapchat. What? Well, so Snapchat is 90% people taking short videos of themselves yeah. with a filter that makes them look like a dog. So if it's a real sexy lady and they get a dog thing on their face and the dog's licking and moving around all sexily, I'm just trying to make you horny for animals, dude. It ain't happening. And that's not happening to you, but a thousand, I mean, if it becomes ingrained in your brain, generations later, that's going to manifest itself and people will be screwing the pooch 24-7. Dogs won't be safe. 24-7? <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> just uh, having They're going to empty their bags dogs in a dog? All the time. It just never stops. It's endless process of dog pussy. deflate their bag into a dog. <laughs> yeah man i think so i think that it's a hey, I, I did think it's a, an important conspiracy i did have a, i used to work at a strip club and this stripper told me one time and she was fucking let me tell you she was a real winner but she told me that her husband liked whenever she would jack their dog off in front of her no in front of the, i swear to no. god no I swear, and there's a. She liked it when her husband would jack the male dog off. No, no, no. When she would jack the dog off in front of him, he liked to watch it. Man, come and, on. And there was a. <laughs> and, and I'm not. I mean, I wish this was a joke, but it's not. But there's a patron, and there's an older guy. He's like from some butt fuck town in Arkansas, but he'd come to Hot Springs. And dog he, fuck town in Arkansas. Dude, he <laughs> he goes, Well, that's how you get their trust. I'll do whatever you want. I'm like, What? Yeah, man. To get a dog's trust, you got to make him bust. Now, Wally's sexually abusing their poor pooch he is no doubt thinking about anatomy still and that this is where his desire to eat flesh comes from because a dog is a carnivore well they eat real similar to a human but a dog given the chance to eat human flesh absolutely would. absolutely would doesn't matter how much your dog loves you if you died and your body was in a room and your dog had to eat to live he would eat your ass for sure and that's what he starts to dwell on but he says that he doesn't have the desire at all to kill a human being to be able to get the flesh. He simply wants to feel flesh in his mouth. And that becomes his number one sexual desire. Now, we've talked a lot about serial killers. We've talked a lot about the sexual impulses and the psychological impulses that drive a lot of killers, drive a lot of rapists. And... What we have for sure figured out is that it, it, it you become so strong, it motivates every action they take. Like, if you get your brain so wired on one thing, and obviously you have a mental issue to, to help it along, but you just focus in on this one thing. I got to chew flesh. I got to chew flesh. I got to chew flesh. And it becomes a sexual thing for you, and then it also becomes a fantasy for you, and then you start to live in that fantasy. Yeah. Very easy to do for this type of... When your fantasy becomes your goal, that might be dangerous. Generally is dangerous. And, you know... Sometimes. Well, yeah, I guess it just depends on what you're into. Like, my you're... fantasy is uh, being a member of Man of War. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if I just like dreamed it, believed it, and tried to achieve it, it's not dangerous. No, no, because it's not going to happen. No. Do you come to it? <laughs> no. Come on. <laughs> yes. You're fucking lying. Of course. I jack off to me being swole as hell. You just go sword. buy Man of War CDs and crack God open the booklets and just fucking... <laughs> I rub them. I just like the way Man of War's paper feels, man. <laughs> Have you ever played that game where you like you and your friends get together and they try to see who can figure out the biggest load. But, you I mean, you don't jack off in front of each other. You just have the same magazine. You go in the bathroom. You jack off on a picture to see how big your load is, and then your friend flips the next page. 
that you go in and go, hey, this is my load. And then you whack off on the next one to see how big the next load is. But you just do that with Man of War shit. I've never done that or heard of that. <laughs> what I, the fuck? I mean, I just made it up. That's no, a, you didn't. That's a cool drinking game. So... Oh, yeah, so cool, dude. Nothing's you do? cool. How yeah, cool is that, man? You so, hold- basically, Buddy is jacked off and compared load sizes to some of his dumbass friends in his bathroom. Probably the same bathroom that his mom would scorch with period blood all the time. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> hey, that bathroom has been through it. Man, so, uh, hey, somebody bought my parents' house, man, and six months later, they put it up for sale. Yeah, of course they did. They went in the bathroom and go, oh, it smells hey. like crab meat. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, yeah, and another thing with this is that I, this is my theory. So the Japanese have some have some real weird beliefs about um, wealth and power. So like the more opulent you can be, the higher you rise through society. And opulence in Japan is often consuming certain things. They've goddamn near made rhinoceroses extinct because if you eat rhinoceros horn, it's supposed to make your dick bigger and stronger. Yeah. Uh, and same with like tiger dick if you eat tiger dick but just also eating rare shit shark fin any type of weird shit that they can get that no one else can get and eat with their friends or in front of their friends or just show that they have a lot of money by acquiring this product is something that the Japanese people are super into especially like a business class person which his father was so I think that because of his weak and feeble body and state, and he had a wealthy father, and you know he's trying to impress his dad, impresses everyone around him, like every kid is. And I f- just have to figure that in his mind, consumption of humans would all obviously be ultra rare. You know, like what is more rare than eating a person? You, no one does that. Yeah. So that's probably a little bit of the driving force too, because you know he's got a desire to become a cool person because he's so feeble and small and abnormal. From where he's at in this time period. Wow. Uh, yeah. I and mean, Japanese shit's weird, man. Like uh, samurai culture. It's always been that. It still is. They use like samurai practices in modern day still. Like business. Yeah. Everything is like based on. They still have one of the highest suicide rates too. I mean, it's it's a very unique culture. I, I mean, there there's a poet from there. I've got a book of his. I can't remember his name. But um, he committed seppuku whenever he was you know, after he got, he got to his final, he's like, man, this is the best I can do. And he just said, fuck it. And kill himself. Write the poetry, make no money. End of life. Not take money from government. I do. Seppuku. God. You almost committed seppuku one I time. I did, man. Uh, I, a couple of days before I did it, I got ripped on, uh, supposed, uh, LSD and, uh, you took a bunch of acid. I took a bunch. I took like 10 fucking hits, You sat in the bathroom. But, I, but here's the thing is I did it for like three days straight. So right. Oh, I did like bad. I did like two hits, and yeah. then the next day I took four hits, and yeah, then the next day Yeah, because you got to get more to And get then it. I was like, fuck it, I'm taking 10 today, dude. And I took 10, <laughs> and I just started, I started watching these Japanese films about Miyamoto Musashi, who was a real dude. Miyamoto he wrote, Musashi. Uh, he wrote uh, The Book of Five Rings. He was hard yeah. as fuck. Hard as fuck. He was but fucking, that's whatever, that's the, uh, that, and that's what people aspire to be in yeah, Japanese yeah. society. So, you know, I mean, this dude was like eight years old and fucking was a good swordsman. And by the time he was 13, he killed a full grown man in a duel. You know, he was a yeah. hard motherfucker, right. you know, but he was good at everything. And so, sure. it's like you said, they, they strive to be perfectionists. I mean, everything from, you know, you couldn't be left-handed in society back then. They would kill you. If you were yeah. left-handed and you did not 
draw a sword right-handed, they would kill you. Yeah. That's just the way it was. Right. And so it's like you said, there wasn't gay people. But if you took a kid on as your apprentice as a samurai, they would fuck the kids. Sure. To break them. You know, they yeah. would break them and build them up. Yeah. And uh, they did that with the prostitutes. You know, when you had uh, um, ninjas or, or when you call them, what do they call them? Um, Shogun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love doing that voice. <laughs> well, they called them shinobi back then, or Oi. tingu. They consider ninjas demons. Tingu. But they would sneak around. I fight face to face, or draw a sword, battle action. Shinobi sneak around, <laughs> But you know they were, they had shinobis, and they figured out that that uh, these uh, geishas were perfect for being ninjas because you know what better to to beat whores down and kick their ass and fuck them up and rape them and do all this shit and then take them into your, teach them how to kill all these men and do all this shit. And they called them a Konoichi. So they'd take a Konoichis and they would just set them in these castles and just fuck these samurais up. Fuck yeah. And do all this shit. And so that whole culture was about like being hard, being tough. They wanted you to be a man. They wanted, even the women, they wanted to be masculine. They were trained, you know, it's like all the samurai would leave the village. Right. They knew how to sword fight. They would, if somebody tried to infiltrate their shit, they knew how to do it. The kids did too. Yeah. So it was all about being a man. So with this guy, it's hard. Be a man, Hulk. So going back to whenever I tried to do this shit, I got fucking ripped on LSD. And for some reason, man, I just started watching these samurai movies. Yeah, you were just being hard, dude. (laughs) Which are like essentially fucking, you know, uh, well, Western movies are in the U.S. So you you watch these like 1950s samurai movies, except they're just like spraying blood and shit. Yeah, hell yeah. It's fucking cool, man. And so I don't know, man. I got... I got done with my trip. I couldn't get it out of my head for yeah, three days. you got days. swept up, dude. And uh, a friend goes, hey, I got married today. You want to come hang out and party? I'm like, yeah. Dude, I end up drinking like a fuckload of liquor. And I still <laughs> had this thing in my head. And then I'm at a party and I'm like, fucking, I'm fighting everybody. <laughs> and so this guy's like, well, the party's <laughs> over. I was like, he goes, the party's over. He's like, you're damn right. And I pull a beer out of his <laughs> fridge and crack it and start slamming it. And uh, nobody would fight, man. So I just went home and, and my friend gave me a ride. And then I called all you guys. And my somehow along the line, somebody called my grandpa and he showed yeah. up. And I'm sitting on the porch with the sword, and I'm like, here we go. Yeah. And I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I draw it, and all of a sudden I hear my grandpa go, take him out. <laughs> like, nah, dude, so uh, <laughs> I, I, got, I, was on a tri- I was on a trip like I am every weekend, and I get home like 4 a.m., dude. I, I, I drove. So I drove for like <laughs> nine hours and get home and finally laid in bed to pass out, and my fucking phone rings, and I look down, and it's one of our friends, and he's like, man, buddy's all fucked up. He's got some real shit going on. And I'm like, oh man, fuck whatever. <laughs> and so then you call me, and like you're fucked up, dude. You, you like you like you were crying for sure, but yeah, like yeah. but also like that super drunk slur where you're like say like I like you had no idea what was going on. Yeah, like yeah. to be My totally mind fair, you were all the way like you just rode this weird acid samurai trip into this and got super drunk and like fumbled it out. <laughs> so it was like autopilot. But you know how when you're drunk and you like you know that you're talking but your body's like I'm not talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're like I was all feebed. Yeah, you, you go, you go, you go. I answer the phone and you go, I need you to come to my house and cut my head off. And I was like, What? And you're like, You and you gotta cut my head off and I'm like what the fuck are you talking about dude and he like kept saying it and I was like 
<laughs> what kind of goofy shit? So I tell Jackie, I'm like, hey, man, Buddy is, like, real fucked up. I'm going to have to go put him in the ape cage for a while <laughs> and let him cool out. And then uh, our friend called again and was like, it's fucking bad, man. Like, he, you're like he's going to kill himself. And I'm like, why the fuck would he do that? <laughs> and you call me again, you're like, you're my second. I'm going to cut my guts open. <laughs> and you're going to take the sword and cut my head off. I was like, God damn it. So I, came uh. my, I was like, wait, wait till I get there. That was the <laughs> I was like, don't do it without me, man. So I fucking <laughs> drive there, dude. And as soon as I open the car door, you go, you're here. And he fucking pull the sword out of the sheath. And I start fucking running up to the porch. And your grandpa's there. And he's like, oh, Damn it, Will, don't do this. <laughs> and then uh, I get there, you're like, all right. And, dude, you, like, straight, like, <laughs> trying to pull it into your stomach. Then you, so I got to pull your fucking hand away. And then you're trying to fight me, so we're fighting. And I just fucking <laughs> take your bag and start choking you to sleep. And when I take your bag, dude, you fucking try to, like, roll out of it. And I, I tried s- to, you know, you, I was trying to tap. I think I remember that part. You know, you, yeah, you did try to tap. But before <laughs> that, you fucking tried to, like, throw me. But you just, like, fell forward. And I smacked my fucking forehead <laughs> on the concrete. Well, I threw somebody. I wrist-locked somebody off the deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, not me, baby. And I fucking put your ass to sleep, dude. Yeah, you tried to tap, and I was like, man, fuck that. He's got to get out of this headspace. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you woke up, and it was pretty much all good, and then we took you to Waffle House. Yeah, I was like, man, I just want to go to Waffle House, guys. (laughs) Yeah, we went to fucking Waffle House, dude, and that's Man, I I just That's what Waffle House saves. But, yeah, you look, guys, acid is a lot of fun, but you got to be responsible with it. Oh, man, and I was not, man. I was fucking gone. You were alone watching Samurai movies. Well, the whole thing behind the whole head-cutting thing is, like, there's a difference between Hirakiri and Seppuku. So you like, you know, if you if you die with honor, you're supposed to have somebody take your head and present it to your family. Like here, you know, he died an honorable death. I somehow my grandpa got in the mix, and I think he was supposed to get my head. You know, so it's like oh, I was thinking, like grandpa, you gotta come. You know, get he my was head. sitting there going, "What a dumbass, take him out." You know, like I know yeah. that I heard him go, "All right, take him out." You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a cop, dude. That's like cop talk, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that shit sucked, dude. Oh, God. And then it was cool because we just went to Waffle House and it was delicious. Yeah, man. But I got home, man. Like, uh, I mean, I wasn't mad. I was just like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> friendship could be stupid as fuck. Yeah, but it was good, man. I got home we, at like eight a.m. But that was the thing, man. I was obsessed with that shit forever, and I was obsessed with it before that, but my head just got in that shit. But, I mean, Japanese culture in general is weird. I mean, you can go buy adult diapers at a place of business and wear it and shit your pants, and people are like... Well, you can buy, like, people's shitty diapers, like, in vending machines. You can buy, like, used underwear oh, yeah, yeah, in yeah, vending yeah. machines in Japan. And they just smell it while they're working. Yeah, you just give it a whiff. It, f- it's weird shit. It, they, I mean, they do weird shit... But I mean, basically everything you, you basically, even though it's modern day and they have modern day conveniences, as a male, you have to present yourself as like a hard, unemotional piece of fucking steel yeah. that has the world by the balls and has everything they want to have. That's, Which is very weird because it's it's not really like that now. I mean, you think about Asian women; they don't really like sleeping with. Japanese men. They, yeah, because they're weird and gross. They come over to Hawaii. <laughs> they come over to Hawaii and try to fuck Samoans, you know? Is that true? I mean, they do. I mean, the, I mean, Where I watched. Where did you get that statistic from? I watched a whole, like, a whole thing about Asian Dude, women. Dude, Samoans and they have just, got huge pieces, man. Oh, yeah. That's, like, the number one peace culture. Like, people are always like, man, black dudes have huge. Let me, let me tell you something right now. Samoans have got giant pipes. They're cool, man. They talk like Yoda. They're fucking yeah. They red. are cool, man. I like I like Hawaiian shit, man. Like fucking yeah, bro. You but, like lick? Yeah, I watched a video about a girl talking about why 
Asian women don't like sleeping with Asian men is because they're fucking dorks. They're small. They don't like small dudes. <laughs> Man, we gotta go to Asia, my guy. I don't want to sleep with an Asian woman. <laughs> <laughs> Why? They're pussy sideways. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Attention, DJ Paul. <laughs> <laughs> They got teeth in them. Oh, my God, man. Uh, Sharp teeth. But, yeah, you know, that really has got to be putting pressure on this dude because he's a fucking feeble. And his dad's <laughs> got money, but he does it. And he's not a, a – he's like a stu- – like, and then he becomes like buried in academics. Yeah. Like, he's not at first a great student. But this happens, again, a lot, surprisingly a lot with killers, is that they are not naturally good students, but they obsess in it. And then work really hard at it. Yeah. I think it becomes a tool of manipulation because that's also part of their culture too. You you don't do bad in school there. Yeah, they're, they'll disown you. you know, they'll yeah. put your ass on. Yeah, the I mean that's all true, and it's not like he's doing bad. But you know how like like a lot of killers excel yeah. because they have that obsessive trait. But I I think that also becomes part of the cover because yeah. if you're like really good at stuff like work, being a student, like Chukatillo, BTK, you know you're focus on that and work hard at that and you make it look like this is your entire life, then you can do some sketchy shit behind closed doors that doesn't really ring red flags up because you're good at these things, and that's what society wants you to do, but you're going to do all this creepy shit in your bedroom to get away from it. Now, again, he is horny for Western women. He loves them. He watches movies. Uh, one thing he starts doing before it evolves into something violent is that he starts stealing money from his dad in order to take Western women out on dates. So when people come to visit Japan as a tourist, I mean, no one wants to fuck this weirdo, but he will get a bunch of cash and take him on dates and shit like that to try to be as close to him as he can. So he just doesn't have money. He's a student, but he can take money from his rich dad, take him out on nice dates, drive him around Japan, take him to the coast, show him a good time, and then, you know, expect to have say He's like an incel. You know, like involuntary celibate, just those fucking yeah. nerds that think that uh, they should be having sex with women, they but can't. they don't understand that the reason they can't is because they're fucking weird dorks. They think it's just like a society thing, like, oh, women won't have sex with me. Well, they won't have sex with you because you're gross. Your personality sucks. Your hygiene sucks. You wear relaxed fit, high water jeans. How do you have both of those things? Why are they loose but too high? If they're going to be, you know what I'm saying? He's wearing some Canyon River blues, man. <laughs> yeah, them CRBs, Lee Pipes. <laughs> Dude, Lee Pipes in the mix. Wow, they didn't have Lee Pipes, man. <laughs> sharp-ass teeth. Dude, and... Lee Pipes are just trailer jinkos. Those shits were dope. I don't care. What, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, man. Those like, are, you cut them off. Those are the kick-flipping-ass jeans. Yeah, man. man. If you're going to, you can't fucking. Jinkos, man, you're living too comfortable of a life. Yeah, Lee man. Pipes, you got the look down, but you're also poor. Jinkos, Vans, yeah. Lee Pipes, I'm gonna take a swig. flaming <laughs> goddamn Airwalks, man. I had some, mm. I had some fucking Airwalks that had fire on them. Think about that shit. I think I got them from my Gadzooks, which is basically Jordan. It, it, no, it's Spencer's, dude. Gadzooks is Spencer's. That's where Spencer's came from. It was like is the it? evolution. Yeah, dude. Gadzooks is Spencer's. Well, I mean, I feel like they're all the same shit. J.C. Penney is serious. <laughs> yeah, that's the way I feel about it. But he's becoming obsessed, man. And that's the, that type of person, like an incel person, They uh, that's where you come up with the concept of like the friend zone, you know? Because you're hanging out with these girls, and you can just have a platonic friendship with the opposite sex. Yeah. And uh, I feel like there's going to be a few people in our listener base that that's going to hit particularly hard. <laughs> <laughs> hey. you can like yeah like every you can have friends that are female that are attractive 
but like the goal is not to have sex with them. They're your friend, you yeah. know. And and there's groups of people that don't understand that, so they think that any inkling of friendship with the opposite sex is building a, re- a sexual relationship, yeah, you know? Yeah, sure. So anything invested into a friendship, like me and you invest in our friendship, we hang out, we... Uh, but we fucked before. Yeah, continuously. <laughs> We're actually fucking right now. Yeah, uh, pounding. <laughs> and then we've just done it so much, we can have casual conversations while yeah. mounting. It's so loose, you can't hear it, man. It's just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it sounds like the fucking... Uh, Ocean? Blizzard machine at DQ, just a fucking low... <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, but he's not that type of guy. So when he's hanging out with these Western women that he's paying for everything, he just thinks that if like he's offering and he's doing, so no one is giving the precedent of it being a date that would lead to something he's just meeting these women and hanging out with them. We're paying for everything. So at the end of it, he expects there to be a sexual connection, you know, like he is only building that up in his mind. There's no signs that allude to that. There's no flirting. There's no, like, innuendos being dropped. It's just a picture that he's painting. But that's also how it is in Japan, though. If you, sp- if you spin... Well, I that's mean, how it is with a certain group of dorks everywhere. You know what I mean? Well, but in Japan, in Japanese culture, it's like if you spend time with a woman, you usually end up having sex with them because they've, they're supposed to commit time to you. I mean, that like it's it's that old samurai belief of... You know, yeah. this is, I don't like to equate it to that because, like, being a samurai came from being legitimately hard, like an actual warrior. Oh, like, yeah. you train to fight, uh, you learn how to do certain things for combat purposes, and that was why you had to be hard. I don't like to believe that that strong minded, willed individual. Well, it's like anything, it gets watered down. Yeah, that's, real watered that's down what in really that case. But it is. Yeah. that happens in America, it happens everywhere. I've known plenty of people like that. Where they thought that it because they're the opposite sex and they spent money and time with you that you owe them sex essentially yeah and so he's building that up and then he's also not communicating it at all so that just mounts frustration that friend zone shit you know yeah it's like he's not saying anything he's still continuing with a friendship still spending money and then swallowing it all in nowhere to dump his emotions and it just swells this thing inside of him so his first move is he stalks a German woman to her house. At this time, he is a student in Tokyo working on his master's degree. He sees her at school. He follows her to her house, and uh, he waits till she passes out watching through the window. He sneaks in, and his whole plan is once she falls asleep, he's going to sneak in without her noticing, tear a piece out of her flesh without her noticing, sneak off in the night with a piece of meat to go. The original Uber Eats. And then she wakes up before it can happen, and he's in her house and kicks his fucking ass. Kicks it. I mean, she's a German woman, full grown, and he's a four foot ten, hundred zero pounds Japanese sickly pencil legged fuck. So he gets the shit kicked out of him. You know what I mean? You can't fight a fucking German woman when you're yeah. a little Japanese dude. Yeah, man. You're all a sickly difference. and shit. Your diet's different. He fucking you, smashes that motherfucker. Yeah, like, she's been eating fucking steaks and he's been eating fucking rice pellets. Yeah, rice pellets and she's been eating spatzel with fucking gravy man. slapped up. Man, I love God spatzel. damn. I like a German woman too, man. I'm tell you that right yeah, now. Yeah, I like yodelers. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what yodeling is? I don't fucking know, dude. Man, that's, <laughs> that's, what, that's what dogs sound like. When it, that's what dogs <laughs> hear when you call them, man. Yeah. Ooh, 
<laughs> the skittle <laughs> loop running in circles and shit that I <laughs> oh my god dude so yeah she, she kicks his ass of course calls police and he's charged with attempted rape so they take him down to the police station they interrogate him now he is smart enough to not tell police like yeah I mean my plan was to rip her up and fucking eat her he just says like yeah I broke in I was gonna try to sexually assault her in 70s Japan that's why I really wanted to frame this entire culture no one gives a fuck no. It's not a big deal. It's it's really not even illegal. It's all you know? about men. Right. You're That's not supposed thing. to break in the house, but and then you know the cops are like, oh, oh, oh. Siri pencil rigs. He can't rape a no run. He go to the house. He cannot have a sex with a big woman. <laughs> My favorite is like whenever you whenever uh, you hear like somebody describing. In a crime documentary, but it's Japanese, and the Japanese talk over, but they're like, but they have to have like, they're like, <laughs> I love that shit. <laughs> yeah, dude, there's two, well, for males, there's two types of Japanese talk. <laughs> like one is a fast one, and it's like kind of quiet, and it's like, Ichi Midadiko. And then it's like the yeah. And that's just like regular like ordering lunch. That's that commanding shit. <laughs> but it's just like a some regular shit. Like uh one's sexy and one's commanding. You think the other one's sexy? Whisper? Commander. Yeah, man. Yeah, you fucking Pete Steel <laughs> Pete steal some shit, man, like in Japanese. Man, dude, just imagine how much fucking Ting Tang Pete Steele would have got in Japan. He would have split them bitches Clean in half up, like he logs, had a man. Big piece, dude. He had a huge dick. <laughs> Swinging pipe, dude. <laughs> Who will see my wing? We're really everyone because he did play girl. Yeah, That's did. a big deal. Did you ever Google that? Pays that? A lot. I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah, course. I just told man. you I seen his pipe, yeah, man. I looked it up right away. As soon as I found out that that happened, I looked it up directly, and it's man. swinging meat. Lee pipes, Pete pipes, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Pete pipes. That's a cool shirt, man. man hey, you I know, love Pete Steele. You know dude. how organs love- have pipes on them, man? What if you just cut a bunch of dicks off, like different lengths, and you can make different tunes and tones out of an organ? Well, cocks. That'd be cool as hell, man. man I would smell bad as fuck, but it'd be cool. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> So, you know, nothing happens to him. Not a goddamn thing. Um, he continues his education. In 1977, he ends up moving to Paris, working on his Ph.D. at the Sobion in Paris. That is a public university that apparently takes immigrants as students. Probably an exchange student type of situation. He's trying to get his Ph.D. in literature. Now, when he's living on campus, he says that he got a different prostitute every single night. And had the same exact routine every night, which is he would get the prostitute from the district, come back to his house, get them to come to his house and make them sit at his desk. He had his gun stored in a cabinet behind where he had this desk set up. So the desk would be directly in front of him with the woman's back to him and the cabinet would be directly to the woman's back. And so he could get the gun out of the cabinet, pointing at the woman who he's making sit forward, which is just because he's paying them to do a certain thing, point the gun at them, and he would not have the uh, 
whatever you would call heart go through the desire of like the actual push to pull the trigger. But that became his fantasy is that for him to get sexually aroused, he would have to bring the woman back to his place, sit them down, pull the gun out, act like he was going to shoot them. Set small goals, man, build up to big ones. Yeah. And then, and then that was just the thing that he did continuously over and over again. He said every single fucking night, it sounds a little bit unbelievable because of the finances, but again, his dad was super rich and I imagine just he blew all his money on that while he's working on his PhD. Now he meets a Dutch student. And again, his weird shit was a, a pretty typical Japanese thing is that his desire to eat someone would swell. And he says that when he masturbates or is able to have sex with a prostitute or whatever, anytime he can get a nut out that relieves the pressure of his desire to eat. Again, that's typical serial killer thing. And then that intermingles with how Japanese people just have weird beliefs. Like if you eat a tiger cock, you get more powerful erections. If you're not getting boners all the time, if you eat a rhino horn, that makes your male fertility stronger. You get bigger boners. You shoot huger loads. Just different things you eat, you take on characteristics from that. So in his mind, he's now converted his fantasy into if he eats... A human, he will inherit those characteristics. And again, he's fighting off the homosexual urges, so he zeroes in on women that are big, strong, athletic-looking women, big thighs. That's what he likes. And he thinks that if he... He's got that weird leg shit, you know? No ass, no thighs, small pencil legs. Basically, he has got a body and then pencils. So he, he just obsesses over legs... And he finds this Dutch student, and she's in the same PhD program as him. She sees him. He sees her every day. Her name's Renee Hartvelt, which is why we said Renee in our Lita Ford Aussie yeah. cover song in the beginning. And he tries to date her, and she's super nice. And also, you know, Europeans are really free sexually most of the time, especially like Dutch Netherlands. They're not a repressed Puritan society. They're born of paganism. So yeah. sexually. They don't have Puritan beliefs. Japan, I wouldn't say Puritan because they're Japanese, but they're pretty, like, keep sexuality hidden away, especially yeah. in the 70s. It's a private thing that you don't want to be out in. Well, well their religion, too, is kind of like that. So it's yeah. like, uh, there's a lot of Shintoism and Buddhism, so yeah, some people right. match the conservative. two Conservative, that's a yeah, good way to yeah, say it. It's yeah. a conservative society. And Europeans are more free, so... Um, if you ask a Japanese woman out and you're Japanese and she says no, it's a big deal because your honor is affected, you know, you, you lose face and also the sexual connection isn't out in the open. But if you ask a European girl out, they're so used to that type of shit that asking someone out is basically asking them to go fuck and you're just not into it and you would just say no and it's not a big deal to a European like it would be to a Japanese or even Americans. You know, you remember the first time you asked a girl, quote unquote, out, like how big of an event it was in your yeah. brain? Well, it's just not stigmatized like that in Europe. You know, people just yeah. fuck and they fuck whoever they want to, whenever they want to, for however long they want to until they find the right person and decide to settle down only to have a family. Like that's regular European culture. Yeah. 
no in the closet hidden sexuality puritan stigma. that's why there's a difference in in japanese porn and everywhere else porn. yeah it's like they don't really you can't they, show penetration in japan no and they blur the dude's face out they don't ever blur the girl's face yeah, out. yeah, yeah so yeah. you just bukkake and they're like oh that's not even a real dick it's blurred out it's just milk yeah they're just milking it up they're just milking maybe them that's out. why they blur the dicks out just to bukkake them yeah, well, they blur it out because they're like, it's, it's not like, a real dick. Yeah, this, this, is, this is just for fake. Formula. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and, and so he's obsessed with this girl and all of this creepy shit is manifesting itself. She's not, you know, also dealing with prostitutes like that becomes unfulfilling because there's no like chase. You know, there's no work put into it. It's just basically you can get these prostitutes to come back to your house, put them in the scenario you want them to jack off on them or have the type of sex you want to with them. No challenge. No. And that for someone who's got like a psychotic belief that keeps eating at them over and over and over again, that doesn't do it for you. It doesn't build their ego. Right. Because exactly. It doesn't feed into this insane fantasy that they built up. So she's super nice and they're working on the same shit. So he starts to try to get her to come over to work on school projects. And they legit have a school project together. She speaks German. And so he's presenting to her the idea that he needs to get these German poems translated to write a paper. So that's how he gets her over to his apartment. She is going to translate these poems that are written in German to him in English so he can write his paper about that. And, you know, there's no internet. There's no Google Translate. So that makes sense. It checks out. Again, she's a nice person. He's being nice to her, trying to woo her. It's not happening. So she comes over. She sits down at the desk. She's reading the poetry in German to him. He gets in the cabinet, pulls the gun out, points it at her, pulls the fucking trigger. And, again, he hasn't actually shot at anyone before, so the gun, something doesn't go right. He probably has a safety on, I'm guessing. He says the gun jams and doesn't fire. So... All that effort went out the window. He has to hide the gun immediately. She doesn't know about it at all, which is insane. He just pulled the gun out, pulled the trigger. Nothing happened, and he had to hide it away. And she just thought it was over there helping him with this project. So that, for most people, would be super discouraging. You would give up, throw in the towel, say, well, it's not going to happen. I had the perfect opportunity. I couldn't execute We'll try again with someone else later. No, not him. He brings her back over the next night. Basically, as soon as that happens, he starts raging, saying he's tired. His brain's not working right. He needs to finish the project tomorrow. Will you please come back tomorrow and help me with it? She says, yes. He gets his gun together. He stays up all night, walking around his apartment, screaming, freaking the fuck out. Why couldn't I do this? A dishonorable. Bring a shame. And then brings her back the next night. She sits down, starts reading. Bam. Pulls the gun out, shoots her one time right in the back of the head. He says when he shot her, the gun fired. The, he saw the bullet go through her head into the wall. The blood splattered with the bullet. And she kept reading the poem in German. Yeah. After she was shot in the back of the head for almost two minutes. And then she slumped over. Which, when I heard him talking about that, and he's real casual. He's There's a bunch of interviews with him. The Vice one's real yeah. good. Uh, but when he, the, he casually speaks about how he shot her and, uh, you could tell that he doesn't feel remorse about the crime, just the aftermath of the crime. Yeah. But the way that he talks about how he shot her in the back of the head 
And she just kept doing what she was doing, like nothing happened, and then slumped over and didn't notice it. That's uh, almost kind of relieving to me. Because you think about when you die, like if something happens to you and you don't expect it and it's like a direct shock to you. Yeah. It, you know, you're, I think that your body just floods itself with DMT because that's what every other living organism does. It's pretty much proven science. Uh, you don't notice the moment that you die. Yeah. So you probably don't feel a lot of pain. I guess depending on what you're going through, if you're not, again, if it just suddenly hits you and you didn't see it coming at all, probably not as bad as you would think to die. My grandpa, he was a state trooper, Arkansas state trooper, and he told me one time he had showed up where a guy was pinched between a tree and a car. Yeah. And the guy explained exactly what happened, and they were able to make a report. I mean, the guy was already dead. They checked his pulse, but he was still talking to him, and he was telling him, and then all of a sudden he got hung up on one word, and he repeated it over and over before he finally fell in the hood of the car. So it's, I mean, that's like the same thing that happens in the movie Signs with Mel Gibson and M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, you've seen that movie. No, I haven't. Oh, you should watch it. What it's is it? It's not good. Signs? It's like... Uh, is it the shitty alien? Yeah, because you know, like every... M. Night Shyamalan, Mel Gibson collaboration. He loses his wife right away, and then him and his kids have to fight off some supernatural force. Mm. But that's what happens to his wife. She gets pinned in between a car and a tree. Okay. She talks to him. Everything's all good. And, uh, yeah, but that's what, yeah, you're right. Okay. What you described, obviously, they've looked into how people die like that. Yeah. And made it into the movie. Um, but, yeah, dude, so she just kept reading and slumps over finally. Supposedly, he passes out from shock. For like five minutes, which, you know, he doesn't, I mean, he's probably not checking the clock and it's just him and her in there. Yeah. But dude, as soon as he wakes up, he goes in the frenzy mode because he realizes, okay, this is why I did this. Now she's here. Here's my chance. And of, of course, first thing this fucking dork does is rape the body. Yeah. Move number one. Because you're supposed to be a man. Number two. Do you think that's why, buddy? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Oh my God. I'm kidding. Like, I shouldn't have killed her. But now I did. No bring shame on family. Copulate with corpse. Mm. So necrophilia, first move. Then he starts going into like super exhilarated. Come, here's everything I've ever wanted. My chance to eat people. And the way he goes about it is he directly just tries to bite into some ass. Oh, God. I mean, he does tries to eat butt, but like not the way we would, like where we would spread our loving partner's butthole open and lick it a bunch. Yeah. You know, he, he, he tries to bite cheek and uh, he's trying to chew through it. And he's like, again, one of the softest males that's ever lived before. Yeah. He's not hard. And his fucking jaw starts to hurt instantly. He can't bite through butt, which, you know, it's, it's hard to people. Flesh is tough. Yeah. I've bitten a butt, but I never tried to like go down. Fucking chop the rump. Yeah, man. You're I'm, a rump chomper. Well, you know, he like you. You might be like getting ready to get down. You might yeah, fucking bite a neck yeah, or some shit or a tit. Yeah. But like you do it to the butt while you're like you're like chowing it and you Listen, bite into it and then go to it. Too much Pete Steele, dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean that's a go too. I mean, you know, the thing is this, man. Like, to get typo Just know that dudes, majority of the time. A majority of the time are trying to fuck. Yeah. And if there's some weak, ugly dude you're not attracted to, they're trying to fuck you. Oh, like really more than anything else. That's what you got to watch out for. See, now the thing, and, and uh, here's some honest talk uh, about from, from a married man. I mean, I've been in several relationships. Um, you know, when you're, when you're dating somebody, especially when it's a new relationship, 
Your partner already has an established life. Yeah. Right? They've got a set amount of friends that they spend time with, and so do you. Now, if you're a regular person, you understand that sometimes people of the opposite sex are strictly platonic friends. Yeah. If you're this type of person, you know, you can't comprehend that. You think that everything is about fucking the opposite sex. So what will absolutely destroy a relationship is if you think anytime your partner associates with someone of the opposite sex, one of them is trying to have sex. Now, a lot of times that is the case from the male part, but there's circumstances and there's people I know that uh, you've had a rough go with that, but sometimes you meet a good lady that has male friends and they are not, they're platonic, they're platonic friends. They're not trying to have sex with each other. Yeah. And uh, that is great information for people who listen to death metal. I feel like, because once you actually get into a relationship, you got to understand that uh, sometimes men and women are just friends with each other. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is, is like I said, man, if it's a dude and he's got like a nub, and he's fucking weird looking, and he likes just one type of food, and he's like some type of yeah. fucking OCD right. guy. Yes, yes, weird dudes are probably going to try to put it on you. Only. That's what yeah. they're after. And it's going to be like that weird, they're going to be overly nice, give you gifts, and uh, try very hard to be what you would consider a good friend. And be and be a great friend, except they're not really your friend, they're just trying to get in it, because that's how they know to do it. Yeah. And they don't really know how to do it, it's just that's the approach, so they have an expectation of you, because they're just in this weird loop. And this guy is definitely that guy. I got, so this, I got this It's theory. a safety talk, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I got a theory. You know how, like, sometimes, or you'll meet a strange woman, and you'll, you know, you... This is, you know, when you're a single dude, like when we were single, we were fucking wild stallions. Yeah. We fucking, you know, you'd bone a lady <laughs> and she'd be trying to like, you know, cuddle up to you or whatever. And you're like, fuck that. And you're, or you would leave <laughs> or you would just sleep one of the two. Yeah. What if for a serial killer, it was like once they bone, they realized they didn't love them. You know, it was just kind of like, oh shit. And then they're like, I got to kill them. Like, I don't have any connection to this person. Fuck them. Kill them. That's not a bad theory at all. Especially the opportunity would definitely be there. It's like, like it, a lot uh, of, a lot of killing for people that have had that fantasy is yeah. opportunity. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if that's how you get into it, if you're alone with a weaker individual and you've had this idea of murdering somebody that that's an easy way to go about it. Your mind's all fucked up, but yeah. you think it's their fault. Yeah. So you just have a hyper extension of not wanting to cuddle them. You just kill them. Correct. That's not a bad theory at all. Now, I don't think that's what happened with this guy. I think that he was just so unlocked in his fantasy and figured like, Oh, it's just another restaurant girl. She was not going to have her sex with me. I'm going to have her sex with her. And so his fantasy came true, man, and, and he couldn't bite through the flesh, which would basically be impossible to do. So he leaves the crime scene, he goes to the store, and he buys a giant knife meant for cutting meat. That gives him the ability to slice through the flesh, and then he tries to eat it raw. This is basically what every cannibal we've talked about does. They try to eat raw flesh. That's super hard to do. Uh, and on top of that, dude, he's, like, taking pictures of shit. Like, he's, like, making cuts of meat and taking pictures um, and he's like cooking it, eating it up. He spends three days getting as full as he can. And, and once he gets tired of the charade, like, you know, and he's real proud to talk about like, he liked the way ass was and similar to other cannibals to Albert fish. Yeah. Uh, we got to do Albert fish again because we only did it for our early Facebook days. Yeah, yeah. And that's some, the wildest of the wilds. Oh, yeah. Fish is the wildest gets. 
But he's, he's, he's like cutting off pieces of flesh, eating it as he goes, he, the ass, the thigh. He discovers like the fatty parts of the body aren't exactly delicious, just like with an animal. You know, it's fat. It's not going to be a pleasant texture to chew on. No. And so he totally mutilates the body. Then he starts to worry about getting rid of the body. And some other weird shit that he did is he went on a cruise. This is a dude. So if someone does this, they're a monster for sure. He went on a cruise by himself. Monster. Oh, yeah. There should be a list. If anyone takes a fucking cruise, like an all-inclusive Royal Caribbean cruise alone, monster, psychopath, whatever, like, that is the bridge to serial killing. Yeah. That's insanity. That's That's the peak. I've done a cruise before. I couldn't do it by myself. Yeah, why would you? I have to have somebody talk shit about the other people with. Yeah, I mean, you can't. If you go into a cruise alone, if you go into a cruise with someone that's not your partner, you're in some weird shit. But if you're like a kid, like I went on a cruise before with like my friend's family, but I was like 17, you know? Yeah. It was like a vacation. Like, oh, they're going to take me because uh, they feel very bad for my life situation. Like, and then, cool they, and then you there. get on there and you're like, oh, this is a fucking floating Walmart for a week? Yeah, it's the worst. Fuck cruises, dude. <laughs> cruises are shit. Don't get roped into that. But if someone does it alone, it's fucked. But this guy does it and he's like hanging out with people for the first time because no one likes him. And he ends up, like, in cruises, man, they do this weird shit where you they, like, force you to intermingle with people. I assume it's mostly because of space, but they make it seem like they're making social connections. So, like, if me and you went, right, it's just the two of us. There's no tables for two. It's like a table for six. Yeah. So they would probably take us two and then, like, two couples and put all six of us at a table. That's why if you're just two dudes going on a regular-ass cruise... You fuck it up. You know what I'm saying? It's not uh, fun. It's not going to be fun for me and you to eat with two weird fucking couples. Oh, yeah, it will. <laughs> yeah, you'll right. make them feel but weird. Yeah, they'll definitely, correct. they're like, oh, be, what time is this going like, on? How do we get oh, out fuck. of this? Yeah. So, uh, and that's really the main move is you get to eat good food like as much as you want. That's like the only perk of a cruise. Anyway, so he's in this forced social situation sitting at a table with different people. One of the dudes at the table that he really liked and he says the guy was super nice to him is a fucking butcher. So he spends a lot of time, which would be a weird conversation. I guess if you're a butcher, you would just be stoked to talk about your job and shit. That's what you like, yeah. You're just like, oh, yeah, baby, I love to take the meat, and I cut it along the grain this way, and I take the cut this way, and when I take a cow, I cut the cheeks, I cut the feet, I cut the head, I cut the ding, and uh, this dude has just, like, learned how to process a body from him. So he hearkens back to this guy's talks about butchering, and cuts the human body up like a butcher would. And then he starts to worry about how he's going to dispose of the body. He's saying that in July in France, it's the hottest month. So mostly he's worried about the vast amount of meat that would go bad. So he takes the parts that he wants to keep through experience of eating the flesh, puts it in his freezer and refrigerator, and then cuts up the rest as best as he can. He goes and buys two giant suitcases fills the suitcases up with human flesh, and then he's got the idea that he wants to go to this fucking park called Bois de Boulain, which is a, you know, French fucking park. It's got a big-ass lake in it, which, you know, it it makes a little sense because you want to put a body... If you don't know enough about murder and shit and how to hide a body, because it's not like the fucking first 48 and uh, forensic files are out at this time. He has no experience, so he wants to just put the body in water and thinks it'll sink and shit like that. So he gets two giant suitcases, 
fills it up with body parts, calls a taxi cab, and it's like 4.30 in the afternoon, so the fucking sun's out and everything. Taxi guy shows up. He has to have the take because he's weak. He's weak as fuck. He's got no strength. I mean, dude, like me or you, if we chopped up a woman, like a 150-pound woman, and put her in a two suitcases. That's 75 pounds per suitcase. We're carrying that no problem. Yeah, it yeah. ain't shit. We just got two fucking suitcases. And he's like made it blood tight. I'm sure he's drained a lot of blood out. It's been cut up over the pro- over the three-day time period. And uh, he's also wrapped it up in like vinyl sheets. That's smart. But then he takes it out. The cab driver helps him. The cab driver makes a joke like everyone does. Yeah, hey, what do you got in there? Bodies? He's like, ha, 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 ha. Oh, no body, it's nobody. It's a uh, furniture. Yeah, it's a lot of furniture. Yes. But if you're French, well, how do you speak French if you're Japanese? That's that's the dialect I want to Well, hear. man, he's working on his PhD in language, my guy. So he's doing it up. Uh, and so he gets in the taxi cab with the guy. He goes to the park. By the time he gets to the park, it's like 5.30 p.m. So the sun's still out. So there's people there sunbathing and it's France, so they've got their knockers out and shit like that, dude. And there he says everyone's looking at him weird because he's like this goofy-looking Japanese guy in a French park where everyone's like nude sunbathing. And he's got two giant suitcases in the park. He's like dragging it around. So he gets to a place where he thinks he's like alone and won't be noticed and tries to shove the suitcases into the water by pushing them down a hill. And they like slide down a hill and don't go in the water. And a French guy is there. And uh, he sees the bags, and he's like, asks the dude, like, oh, what are you doing? Are these your bags? And he's like, these are not my bags, though. Oh, these are not your bag. Let me look at their contents. Opens the bag, sees a goddamn body, and starts yelling, murderer, murderer. And then, you know, someone calls the fucking cops. He tries to bail by just zipping the suitcase back up and taking off, and then the cops find him with the body, Go back to his apartment, search, find the pictures, find the fucking meat. I mean, he's fucked. He's caught. Red hand. You know, if it would have been like early or later times, I mean, you would have had that big fat fucking French guy with the cello in the park doing fucking Slayer tunes. Oh, yeah, that guy's cool, man. That guy is ripping, man. Uh-huh. See, I mean, your shit's not heavy That's enough. That's the only just French floats. person I like. <laughs> your, shit, your body floats. <laughs> and then that guy plays some cello, yeah. heavy ass cello. Heavy cello. Those bodies will float down to the bottom. Right. Bottom feeding ass fish will just take them away. Yeah. Red lobster will serve it to people. Yeah, dude. You got to think about, like, lobsters just eat what's in the bottom of water. Yeah. So when you're eating lobster, you got to be eating When it comes to butt cheeks, you take the quarter pounder. Then they get them cheeks. And then they get the flounder. So what's ridiculous, man, and, and this is another shining example of where if you have an indefinite amount of money, you can do whatever the fuck you want to. You're never getting in trouble for anything if you're super rich. Uh, he goes on trial. His dad gets him one of the best lawyers that money can buy. He sits in holding for two years pre-trial, all the while the lawyers having them do mental evaluations and basically trying to prove the case of insanity before it goes to trial. And it is. He's innocent by reason of insanity. He's unfit to stand trial. Legally insane. Which that would have never worked in America. No. Never, because we talk about this all the time. If you kill somebody, even in... And he may be insane. I mean, the guy's fucking nuts. Like, he's out there. Um, and, and and killers are. Like, something's going on. But what always gets you, gets you is, is the remorse you feel when you try to cover up a crime. Even if it's not remorse, but you know, like, okay, I can get in trouble for this. 
so I have to cover it up. Once that engages, dude, the the insanity plays all the way over with. Because if you were if you were what is considered insane, you wouldn't have the wherewithal to have any type of plot to cover the crime. Even though his cover up was fucking batshit stupid anyway. It doesn't matter because he made an attempt to cover the crime up. Yeah. And when you do that, that alerts a judge, a jury, whatever your your legal country status is, that alerts the legal process that you know that that's wrong. And you at least know it's wrong by way of knowing that you can get in trouble for it. So when that happens in France, the judge, I, I'm guessing because the lawyer is so good, I bet they probably greased the wheels. You know what I'm saying? I bet yeah. his dad threw some cash at it. He gets let go. He's all the way loose. Now, while he's been in jail for the two years, Japanese author Enkino Yamota visits Sagawa and it helps him publish the account of his killing with a book titled Into the Fog. And he's a celebrity, you know? Like, the book is doing well in Japan, the crime is out worldwide because, again, we're talking about the late 70s, early 80s era. News travels like wildfire. We talked about satanic panic shit. Any type of crazy crime, it's easy fodder for a non-internet world. Yeah. Everyone's talking about it. So the guy is like a macabre celebrity. You know, anyone that is interested in freaky shit, secure freaks, they want to talk to the guy that fucking ate a human. You know, it's a modern-day cannibal that is in natural society. Like regular life, Japanese dude, PhD student, ate a human. We got to find out what's up with that shit. So he's basically a celebrity. So France is like, man, fuck this guy. We can't have him in our country. And they deport him back to Japan. And again, he was declared legally insane. So he's absolved of the crime, but that means he has to be released by Japan regulation into a mental hospital. So he goes to Mazazawa Hospital in Japan psychologists found him to be sane, but they determined that all of his actions, not just the crime, are motivated by sexual perversions. And he says himself, even to this day, that he can overcome his desire to eat humans and his fantasies of killing and eating flesh by masturbating. But he says now, present day, he's impotent. Yeah, He can't jerk off. You can't get boners. What they don't tell you about the mental institutions of Japan is how they rehabilitate them as they teach them how to be hibachi chefs. Oh, yeah, perfect. Meko onion volcano. That is a crazy fucking person's invention, dude. Oh, take onion. Cut. Look at ring. Big ring to small ring. Take backwards. Make a volcano. Take a oil. Put the oil in. Light the oil on fire. Onion contained the fire. And then they crack the <laughs> egg, and it's like, there's guys. Yeah, dude. No, it's got Shira. Dude, I fucking hate hibachi shit. Yeah. That is the worst experience you can ever have as a person. Tableside anything is bullshit. But I mean, just Live like- guacamole, hibachi chefs, bananas foster. Never. If you eat with me. If we ever go out to eat, anyone listening to this, and you order a table-side preparation dish, I'm out. I'm fucking leaving. I'm gone, dude. I will never sit through that. If it's your fucking birthday and you order cake and we're on separate tickets, dude, I'm I'm done, son. I will not be around for anybody doing anything that draws attention to our table and forces a fucking waiter 
or waitress to go through the hell of public humiliation to make a $5 tip from you. Fuck that. I'm leaving. And I won't do business with a place. I think hibachi, hibachi chefs, man, what it is, man. It just re- You know Booger from fucking Nerds, the movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the first thing he says to the nerd Asian dude is like, you know karate? He's like, no. And he just like kicks his ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, But yeah. it's the same thing, man. It just reinforces that. It's like, man, like you come over to America. You're not really, like you're this dude. You're frail, whatever. But you can cook the fuck out of this fried rice and you can do the, the onion volcano. They're automatically like, well, he can do that with food. He can do that to me. With karate, and I am not fucking around <laughs> yeah, with yeah, this yeah. guy. Yeah, so he's just a hardship. Man, I got a funny story. Um, we're getting towards the end, but um, a great chef I know named Matt Clark. Shout out to Matt Clark. Uh, he he really wanted to be a hibachi chef. I have no idea why. He wanted to be a hibachi chef, so he applied at every single restaurant to try to learn, and they were like, absolutely not. No white hibachi chefs. And they shut his ass out. Because he doesn't know fucking karate. Yeah, you're right about that. He sure the fuck does They're like, oh, yeah, we knew Van Damme is. Are you trying to be that motherfucker? You ain't coming in here. Yeah, Van Damme, I bet, would be a cool hibachi chef. Oh, fuck yeah, man. <laughs> what if he was cooking, like, crepes and shit? <laughs> like, hey, I started, I started watching Kickboxer, Bell- like, whatever the... F- Vengeance is the name of it. What, Six? Kickboxer. Yeah, yeah I haven't, sure, I haven't finished right. it yet. But it's like, man... Um, I mean, you know, he's been in Cyborg. It's pretty yeah, cool. Right. You know, there's a sample from a mortician song that's in a cyborg. Oh, yeah. From Cyborg, yeah. you know? So, it's, you know, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's good. So, you're like, hey, man, this guy's like Van Damme. He's not. No. He's French. Yes. He's and Belgian. So, well, same shit. Yeah, it's close. Like, Belgians are hard French. Like, I, there's not a single hard French person in the entire universe no. ever, ever. And I don't think Van Damme's hard, but there's hard Belgians. You know what yeah, I'm saying? They're Illuminati. But, like, French... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, French are weak, man. Hey, I'm sorry if you're French, but we just got to face some fucking facts here, dude. <laughs> you bread-fueled fucks. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck, uh, So, yeah, and uh, and he's in the hospital, and the thing with uh, the French judicial system is once they dropped all the charges, they totally seal the files. So Japan can't even look and find out the details of what happened. So he's free. Man, he checks himself out August 12th of 1986. So he was kind of like in legal litigation for a few years, but then he gets out. And unfortunately, a broad stroke of capitalism and the way the world works is that to start with, he's making a lot of money, man. He, I mean, he's like well-educated, so he's going around and he's speaking at colleges and uh, fucking horny freaks are bringing him in all over the place to listen to his story and fucking jack off to it when they get home later. Uh, and then, you know, he's a writer. He was working on a Ph.D. in language and literature. Um, so he starts writing books. He starred in some weird erotic art film that translates to Unfaithful Wife, Shameful Torture. And in the movie, he plays a sadosexual voyeur where basically they almost like point-to-point reenact his crime, but it's on some weird, like... Uh, David Lynch shit, you know, like it's a real fucking freaky. The clips that I saw of it were like, what the fuck? The literary it's just Ryan those goofy ass films that you're like, God damn it, why would you yeah. make this? Like a Holy Mountain? Dude, here's something that I like when people tell me the Holy Mountain's a good movie. I like that I, movie. No, you don't. You do not like that movie. You can just write them off. It's like, oh, yeah, man. Like, I get it. Like, oh, yeah, it's got shit and farts and fucking that's weird why I like shit. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that's funny, but it's not a good movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, we fell into a bunch of acid and 
And uh, we're really going to push the fucking boundaries of art with this. It's not good. There's nothing good about it. There's no, like, if greater like point. you like farts and fucking... Yeah, that's funny. That part is hilarious. I, I'm just a hopeful person that I can change my shit into gold, man. <laughs> Why can a, I do it's that? It's a horrible movie, dude. That's science, man. Bill uh, Nye and, knows... And, and all those movies like that, like, just, like, extreme over-the-top fucking art. <laughs> it just, like, sucks, dude. And, and it's that type of shit that he's into... And uh, he writes, like, 21 books himself, a lot of them about his crime. He writes about different crimes. Like, he gets uh, approached by a very legit company to write books on a different serial killer, the Kobe Child Murders, which we'll look into sometime, because when I clicked on that link, I was blown the fuck away. And uh, he makes, like, a weird manga that he draws himself. And he's not great at art, but it's like, you know, it's like an erotic... Lolita, that's ...graphic novel. Lolita manga. Well, no... The, the company that put it out makes Lolita manga. Okay. So like Lolita is a book about an old man falling in love with a 12 year old, like a rich old man. Oh, it's fucked dude. And, and it's like this whole book about how this guy is obsessing with a kid and it basically normalizes pedophilia. Oh man, dude, the restaurant I work at, there was a fucking guy that came in like three days in a row an old dude, like openly reading Lolita and uh, I've fucking, I hope I'm not, this allegedly happened, restaurant. Uh, he, he like, he would order. Um, yeah, this, this happened when you worked at Western Sizzling. Yeah, when I was working, when I was making gelato at Western Sizzling, and he would order the Reese's Pieces kind, like three days in a row. And uh, they were telling me about it. And like, I just happened to be out there one time when he ordered it and I served it to him. And he's like 60-something-year-old man. I mean, and mind you, he's like openly reading Lolita, which is fucked up. Yeah. F- super fucked up. And uh, so I, I I start to serve it to him, and he goes, uh, make sure there's chunks in there. I like it when there's chunks. Every day there's been chunks. And I'm like, well, I made it. There's chunks all the way throughout. He's like, no, no, make sure you get one of those. I'm like, hey, man, you're like 60 years old. Don't come in here buying ice cream with chunks of candy and tell me how to give it to you. That's weird. And you know what else is weird? Reading Lolita in public. And he just, like, fucking hangs his head, you know? He's like, oh, shit, someone's on to me. This fucking giant monster's on to me. And he fucking gets it to go and gets out of there. And I haven't seen him since, so that's a little bit good for the community. Maybe he went back and, you know, off often. Yeah, maybe he killed himself. He should. I hope he did, man, because that's a bad yeah, You know how we feel about pedophiles after yeah. last week's episode. Um, but yeah, he wasn't doing pedophile shit. Like I would rather him eat people than be a pedophile. Um, but the Lolita thing in that documentary is that the company makes Lolita manga and Lolita basically means pedophile manga, which is fucked, but they put out his book about cannibalism. So he basically just breaks his crime down with shitty, like Prismacolor colored pencil anime drawings in this book that he wrote, puts it out. That's what he makes most of his money from. Uh, they start, and then, you know, he's embarrassed because, like, he's not making a ton of money off of this shit. And he starts to have to do weirder and weirder shit because only weird people are into him. And so he starts making these porns. And some super depressing shit is that they they have him set up to make this porn. And the whole premise of it is that they get this porn star to have sex with him. But they're not going to tell her that he's this fucking infamous cannibal. They just tell her that he's, like, an author and a speaker and he's well-educated. He's, like, a literary professor and shit. And he actually almost got a job as a professor at this French university because he mailed in his resume for this job opening. And the hiring manager of the college was so fucking impressed that this guy would use his actual name and not try to be a fake person coming back to France. And he wanted to hire him. And the board was like, dude. 
are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, we can't bring this fucking psychopath over here. Oh, my God. And uh, so, anyway, he starts making this porn, this porn star. And the idea for, like, the porn is that they're stuck in the, an apartment. They can't leave. There's, like, some shit going on outside. And so they have sex. And after they have sex the first time, they fucking tell this girl. Like, I mean, they had already boned. You know what I'm saying? Like, they copulated. They physically had sex. They tell her, like, hey, this is that cannibal. And she is blown the fuck away as you would be yeah if you find oh, out oh no he he fucking straight up breaks out fucking well yeah yeah he like eases her into it you know he's like telling well, you know he had taken he had taken pictures of of all oh this yeah shit. yeah and, yeah like, he busts them out and shows them right to her. yeah that's a good point is that the book that he wrote that into the fog book like the back of it has got detailed photographs like he had taken a bunch of photos of the body and it's like how he was photos. cutting it up yeah. And the meat that he had saved from it and how he cooked it and how he prepared it. And then the police had taken crime scene photos and they compiled all those together. So it's fucked pictures. And he's like, has her looking through it. So she finds out and she's just blown away. But what's super weird about that, which probably says a lot about Japan too, is like they don't have sex anymore, even though she's a porn star and she got paid to have sex with that guy. But they like have an actual friendship beyond that. Yeah. It's fucking weird. Well, what's weird is like he had fucked her beforehand and then like the director's like, you have to have sex three times. That's like one of the things. Yes, right. Contract. So she had to do it two more times. She had to do it two more times. Damn it. And then like, then you, then you start thinking like the whole time is like, I'm having sex with this dude and he's thinking about fucking eating me. Yeah. Yeah. So the funny justice for this guy, right. Is so we're talking about the whole time how he had a rich family, rich parents, um, he stole so much money from his dad that he kind of depleted his dad's like retirement fund, which would have been passed on to him to after he got back to Japan, he was doing this shit where he had like a connection to bring German women over to him. And it was the same shit. Like he wasn't bringing over, like he could have easily brought over a prostitute, you yeah. know, but he was just bringing regular German women and taking them on lavish vacations, not just in Japan, but like all the way around the world and spending money on everything and having no sexual connection with him, no intimate connection with him, just thinking that he's friend-zoned the entire time. And he depletes his dad's entire funds, takes out a credit card in his dad's name, runs up a giant bill for his dad. Well, his fucking dad passes away, and he's got all this debt now. So he has to spend all the money that he's made off of this shit to pay off his dad's debt. So he ends up living in public housing, which is where he still lives to this day. And... To totally prove what a soft this guy is all the way around, how weak he is, and how, uh, you know, being weak doesn't have anything to do with homosexuality. But again, I think a lot of his desire for, like, a larger, I mean, I, I think it's twofold. One, his desire to take over someone's characteristics by eating their flesh. Two, suppressed homosexuality. He likes a large, muscular woman. I, there's just a perfect mix of this guy to be the type of weird that he is. And it just all has to do with how weak and feeble he is. I think he is homosexual for sure, but he's so disgraced by everything. I mean, he's disgraced in public. Everyone knows who he is. He's disgraced by his family because he ruined his dad's finances. He made his parents pay for all this legal help, made them live with the shame of him being this person. Like all of these things of their own, even in modern day Japan, he should have killed himself. Like, that's how Japanese culture works. We frame that whole thing for you. If you dishonor anyone, yourself, your family, your culture, your country, your fucking place of business, you're supposed to kill yourself. Yep. And he won't do it. And he lives in, like, a public assistance housing building. 
And he still writes and does like weird shit from time to time, just trying to scrape by it. But he's basically just living to die. You know, he's going to just pass away in his apartment. But his main driving goal right now, like I said, he's impotent. So he's scared that he could eat somebody again. But he doesn't, you know, he's got no, it's Japan. He can't get a weapon. Like he's not going to be able to. He's old. Old, feeble, weak. Probably can't physically do it. But he just wants a woman. But he said he would let a male do it. Fucking eat him. Like, he wants to be eaten alive, like we talked about in our cannibal episode, that dude from Germany who had the other nurse, like, come and fucking cut him up and eat him. He wants that more than anything. He wants to die by way of being consumed. Yeah. Whatever. Someone go give it to him. <laughs> well. Like, and like we found out, you know, that one in Germany we talked about in our modern cannibalism episode, the dude ended up, like... After we did that episode, I saw an article that came up that recently they repealed that guy's charges and he's back in jail for life. So, you know, no one's going to eat him because it's a huge risk. Yeah. So, fuck that guy. Super creep. But interesting story. Cannibalism, to me, is interesting. Uh, Of course, Death Metal Dicks, we take a crime. We compare it to a song. We used to have Buddy read the lyrics on the podcast episode. For this one, we chose Carcass Feast. On dismembered carnage. And we played it at the beginning, at the end of the song. It's about cannibalism. Now, Patreon, if you sign up for any tier, even $1, you can get our bonus episodes. In the bonus episodes, Buddy reads the lyrics of songs again. So if that's what you liked, be a patron. Here, Buddy, stumble and bumble drunkenly through reading some complicated lyrics for Cargus. Of course, Cargus is one of the biggest death metal bands of all time. Great lyrics that band turned into dog shit just like this guy's life so that's it another killer cannibal episode of death metal dicks thanks for fucking hanging out with us and talking about dog sex pray to the lord above pray to the lord below let him fuck your thighs real slow and let him call you bro if you do he will screw All the gaps between your tooths. When he nuts, you'll get cut and end up with two fucking butts. (laughs) That's it, guys. We'll see you next week on Death Metal Dicks.